Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. WGR Sports Radio 550. Well, we have another guy that we acquired earlier this summer that we feel strongly about can make an impact here. So, you know, the next step is to uh, next week go and meet with him and extol the virtues of the organization and the city of Buffalo. Tell him how much we like him and we need him and uh, go from there. I think that if we can get in front of somebody and have a chance to talk about the organization and ownership in the city, that only good things can come of it. So we're excited about going down and uh, having a chance to have a face-to-face chat and have a real good give and take with them. I thought I had a goalie done. I had a verbal agreement, and it was reneged upon about a half an hour after we had already put him down on our depth chart. So, you know, that's life regroup and you know the guys are still up in the boardroom and we we continue to talk about it it's never happened to me i i called the gm that signed him and uh, told him my story and his story was similar that he had him done at seven or 750 and they hadn't sent a contract with to him like we had we had sent our contract at 850 and then he ended up signing back with that other team for nine so it sounds like he just said yes to both teams and took the offer to both teams and i'm going to leave it at that i wouldn't say anything very nice i guess on WGR Sports Radio 550. Oh, GMTM there with uh, some more gold-worthy quotes. Uh, if you missed that interview, do yourself a favor. Head to the on-demand audio section of WGR550.com and uh, and tune in and give it a listen because, as always, uh, just great quotes from, uh, from, from Tim Murray there. Just very transparent gives you everything you want to everything you'd want to hear as a hockey fan he's he's like blacklisting goalies out there i love it he's blacklisting goalies he did everything but say his name basically oh he gave you he gave you everything you need to oh yeah find out to who figure that out who it was, player was. bob yeah. mckenzie I mean, helped us out a lot figuring out probably who that goaltender well that really was. i figured it out as soon as he said it well i figured it out once he threw the numbers out there and all you have to do is Why, look at McKenzie the four say, goalies signed mckenzie say uh that buffalo was interested in said player yep all right well bob mckenzie knows bob mckenzie knows everything he he said that he said that during the day in free agency and then tim murray later on came back and said we had a goaltender and then he reneged on our deal and we've never had that happen before but you know not going to say anything more because it probably wouldn't come out nice love that i love that always got zakoff by the way (laughs) that we think it's allegedly allegedly no, but I, I think it is Edkoff, but that's yeah, okay. I, I mean, it's this is your backup goaltender. Obviously, you want to have someone in place because you saw what happens when your top goaltender that you traded a first-round pick for can't stay healthy during his you know debut season, but... I mean, it was a fluke injury. Let's see. Obviously, you were going into this season with Robin Leonard as your starting goaltender. Chad Johnson, I was really hoping they could get a deal done with him because he played extremely well when called upon last season in the stretch that he had to play for the Sabres, and he just seemed like an, a nice balance in your goaltending personalities. you got Robin Leonard, who is hot yeah. every single time he steps on the ice, it seems like, where Chad Johnson was the uh, calm, cold, collected type back there, yeah. where Leonard's ripping off his mask trying to fight anyone who comes within a stick length of him. So 
I love that. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I love that about Leonard. You can you can ask me anytime. I love Leonard because he's the biggest guy on the ice, and he doesn't want anyone else sticking up for him. He's going to stick up for himself because he's wearing all this giant goalie equipment, and he's bigger than pretty much everybody on the ice not named, I don't know, Zdeno Chara and Dustin Bufflin probably. And you just – I just love seeing that. That competitive fire, I think it's awesome. You know, the thing about this goaltender situation, now, I definitely agree the Sabres need to address their backup goaltending situation. They lost Nathan Lewin in the offseason. I don't really think they pegged him as a guy um, to be a developmental guy. He wasn't a backup. Another guy that struggled with some injuries over the course of his AHL career. He's got the size that Murray seems to like, though, so it's kind of surprising. Which I think is why they haven't, you haven't really heard much uh, about Jonas Enroth, who is still available and kind of available maybe because of his size throughout the league is I think the league is really moving towards that bigger style goalie who can block the net um, and not necessarily have to be the most athletic guy but you know I I think the debate will continue and there's I don't see an answer anytime soon on this on this goaltending and having a franchise goaltender but I think it says a lot that Tampa Bay who is the past two years been a very strong team pushing that Almost a Stanley Cup contending team. They made it to the conference finals this year. And they did it. And they almost won that series with their backup goalie. And they, not their $6.5 million Ben Bishop goalie. Or but, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. And and you look at the Penguins, you know Matt Murray because he played a hell of a playoffs. But before that, did you know who Matt Murray was? No. Probably not. So the thing is, is I understand people's oh man, we need a franchise goalie, and we're nothing without a goalie. And I just don't see that to be true. I think Linus Olmark is going to be a guy that's probably, right now, pegged as your number two. So can he develop? And and I think it's more important, the development of young goalies. It doesn't matter where you're picked. I, I think, name me all the goalies that you know that were number one or number two picks. Flurry? DiPietro? DP. <laughs> That that's a name for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no. man, Rick DiPietro. Well, and he's still getting Roberto paid. Right? Luongo. He's still getting paid. Yeah, Luongo. Okay, so you have three goalies. Two are still in the league, and one is in flurry. I mean, basically being shopped. So to me, it isn't about having that all-star goalie. It's about having a goalie that gets hot at the right time that won't lose you hockey games. When you have a first when you have a top-notch offensive skill set and good defenders who can keep possession of the puck and not turn it over in their own zone. Look at Pittsburgh. They didn't need Matt Murray to be great. They just needed Matt Murray to stop 20-25 shots a game in that Stanley Cup final. If you looked, I mean they completely stifled any offensive momentum that San Jose brought into that final. I mean, they couldn't get past the midway point of the ice. They couldn't put together two to three to four passes tape to tape because Pittsburgh was just all over them. And you're you right now, Tim Murray, is creating a roster of fast physical players. And I think it's more important and a perfect example of this is Montreal. They built from the goal out. Yeah, that didn't work really well. It did for them it, this they're season. rebuilding now. Like they're they're in a well, a well, their version of a rebuild, which is <sighs> let's try to be good again. Let's trade PK Subban for an aging Shea Weber. But another goalie that you can you can mark as a player, kind of like uh, Robin Leonard, is 
he played for San Jose this year. Martin Jones, he these first round pick he went for. He he, he went for a first round pick. That's that's right. That's a that's a fact. I don't know. I don't know it who is. he was traded for. I don't but, know. I don't know who did he start with. Brayton. He was traded he was to Boston in the Milan Lucic deal. Okay, and then San Jose acquired him from Boston for a first round pick. Okay, okay. But you look at the kid, and he only had a few seasons as a backup in the NHL. And then he gets his shot. He it was his age twenty six season this year. Robin Leonard is still twenty four years old. He's still not going to be hitting his you know goaltender stride until uh, usually goaltenders hit their stride when they're about twenty six, twenty seven. That's really when their prime is uh, really starting and really getting into it. So he's still a young player. And you gotta have faith in Robin Leonard. Patience too, and patience. In the games that he played last year, there were you know a few games where he had some rough games, gave up a lot of goals, some bad goals. But you gotta you gotta be patient with him. And there's there's still a few goalies out there that you can look at, free agency wise. You know, you got Kari Ramo. Eh, you know, he's probably the best available uh, right ben now. Ben Scrivens. Eh, you I know, would stay away from Ben Scrivens. Uh, Jonas yeah, Enrov. Eh, you, you don't you know. want Ben Scrivens because Leonard and Scrivens would just be fighting on the bench all the time. <laughs> Scrivens wanted to fight Leonard, and Leonard wanted to fight, and, you know, after the game, Scrivens called Leonard a psycho. Yeah, Who cares? Psycho. Leonard is a psycho. Is a I'll psycho. say I love it. it. I'll say it, too. If Leonard wants to fight me, he'll win that fight very easily, but <laughs> that's not the point. You know, there is also our good buddy Anders Lindback mm-hmm. still out there. You could bring Lindback back, and we could be, uh, you know, another giant goalie right there because Lindback is also huge, but... I don't know. I just think the jumping on Leonard, he had a concussion the year before Ottawa trades him to Buffalo for the first round pick. You can you can talk about giving up too much for that goaltender, uh, but he played half a season and I think he had a pretty solid half season for a goalie who was really, this was his first opportunity to really take control of a starting job. A 924 save percentage in the games that he played last season. So, you know, let's give him a shot. Let's see if he can hold up to a full season of work. Let's see if we can get him 60, 65 games this year as a goalie and see what he can do. It just seems way too early to be jumping on a kid who is going to be turning 25 uh, this month, actually. He's going to turn 25. Let's see what he does this season. If he has another solid season, he's going to be hitting that prime soon enough, and they're going to be shrinking the pads, and he is big, and he is athletic. So let's see what Robin Leonard can give us before it's just let's jump ship on Robin Leonard. You know Tim Murray is going to give this kid the shot because – he loves him. He saw him down in Binghamton, won a Calder Cup for Tim Murray in Binghamton when Murray was in charge of the Binghamton Senators. So you, he's not going anywhere fast. He's not going anywhere fast. You're definitely looking at a backup, and Robin Leonard is your starting goalie. So right. there's no reason to fight it. No, absolutely not. And there's and there's a guy that I think would be an interesting name if he's still available on the trade market, Darcy Kemper of the Minnesota Wild. There was some talk before the NHL draft that he would be moved at the draft. He's a restricted free agent. He's 26 years old. But, I mean, he's, he's again, these big goalies Tim Murray likes. He's another big goalie, 6'5", 212 pounds. And, I mean, he's put up – some decent numbers in the NHL. Not great, but, I mean, they're decent for a backup goaltender. And, again, he's a restricted free agent, and if the Sabres are desperate for a backup goaltender and if Minnesota really wants to trade Darcy Kemper, 
that's an option for Buffalo. Who Again, else is Minnesota's goaltenders? I know they obviously have Dubnik. Right, yeah, and then and then it gets a little sticky from there, and that's why I think maybe that they've kind of moved on from the thought of trading him. But still, if that thought is there, Darcy Kemper might be a suitable option for the Sabres at backup because I don't think Tim Murray would really feel that comfortable bringing in Linus Allmark to be the second-string goaltender no. in Buffalo right away. I think he'd rather have him develop with Jason Kasdorf in Rochester, and then if they need him during the course of the season, they can call him up whenever necessary. Alex Stalock is also a goalie yes. for the Minnesota Wild. He's a, a solid backup. But, uh, yeah, it's just not ideal. It's not an ideal situation for Allmark because he's still only, what, 21 years old, I think, is Allmark right now. And you don't want him to be just sitting the bench. He's 22. He's going to turn 23 this month as well. Oh, look at that. That's weird. But uh, he, he, you want him getting a sizable portion of games, even if it's down in Rochester and him and Kasdorf are really battling it out for that position down there. At least he's playing every third night or every other night. he's playing yeah. every other night, and it's a competition every single night, whereas opposed, yeah, he'll be getting the practice time up here with pro players, but uh, game action is so much different, in my opinion, than uh, practice. I agree, and you also have to, it's almost the you know, the Jonas Enroth syndrome where Enroth looked like a good goalie when he was playing every night. And really, it's backup goaltender in the NHL is one of the most difficult positions to play because you have to be ready when your number's called. And it's sometimes difficult to do that. It's a lot like the backup quarterback position in the NFL. You know, you have to prepare as though you're starting. And that can be difficult for a young player like Omark, who's used to being the best player or used to being the guy on every team that he's played for over the course of his career. Now you're taking a role that you're not used to taking and not used to being. And, and sometimes it's difficult for these young guys to accept that and prepare as though they're still the starter. And what you want from your backup goalie is the same consistency as you get from a guy that's playing every other night. And that's difficult to ask of any goaltender, but at the end of the day, that's your job, and that's what you have to do. You have to perform when your number's called. But that's why, to me, it's not ideal to have your young guy in Lanus Olmark be the guy at, 21, 22, 23 years old that you're going to have to call on, you know, every week, you know, once or twice every two weeks. And that's difficult. And you're putting a, a, a difficult mentality and mental state on a guy who, again, isn't the most matured player yet and and you can't expect that from goalies as you mentioned you as most goaltenders hit that stride at 26 27 hell if you're Tim Thomas you hit that stride when you're 33 you know it, it really goaltenders are, are are just different animals they're they're different mentality I mean Ilya Brzezgolf is the weirdest dude I've ever heard talk before and they're just weird different people and you kind of have to you know temper your expectations especially early and that's why I'm not ready to just give up on Robin Leonard after one season and I mean even if he didn't play well in all the games that he got and he played 65 games last year and he didn't show a lot in his first season it's still his first season and and I think people need to start realizing that and temper down all this talk that we need a goalie we need this give the guy a chance to prove himself as a starter in this league when he before he was injured in Ottawa and I mean, you have to remember he won a Calder Cup in 
Well, my who who would you rather have as your starting goalie? You have three choices to have your your starting goalie. You could have Robin Leonard, you can have Craig Anderson, or you can have Andrew Hammond. I think I'm okay with Robin. I'm, I think I'm okay I am too. With Robin Leonard as well. I think and, I am too. And I do want to say this: not only are we trying to find up a backup here for Buffalo, I remember a point that Kevin Aklubja from the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle brought up on Shopin the Bulldog about a month or two ago. The the Amherst need to find themselves a veteran backup to kind of sit behind a guy like Linus Allmark while he develops and helps Allmark grow in his game. Not only that, but when Allmark needs a break, you, you know, the, the goaltender knows, okay, I'm just coming in tonight just because I know I have to fill in for Linus Allmark. So, and, and he mentioned that there was a goaltender, I can't remember his name, that did that for Ryan Miller when he was developing in Rochester. Yeah. Mika Nornan? No, no. No, it wasn't no. Mika. It was, it, it was a, yeah, it was a veteran name. Yeah, I, veteran I name. Bob Cessna? Maybe. I don't know, but still, the the fact is, is that you know maybe a guy like Kazdorf can go to Elmira and develop in the East Coast Hockey League, while Almar can start in the AHL. Kazdorf can start in the ECHL. Sign a veteran backup who knows his primary role is just to be a relief for Almar when he needs it, and then the Sabers will have Leonard here, and then whoever they decide to bring up as a backup here. And I think that's really important too, because you know you're given you're giving your three goaltenders that you want to be part of this organization for the long term future. Their their time to start and their time to be the number one netminder for their respective team, and I think that's important. And I think that's what really the Sabers and Tim Murray needs to maybe look at and focus on now coming into the next couple of months. I think next week I'd like to put together of post Hashik goaltender trivia because mine is grade A. I think I know every goaltender that's played for the Sabers oh, since. I think you do. Uh, what do you mean? Of course I do. That uh, it, I'm. I mean. Come on. That's my I'm thing. Saying, I'm just saying. That's there's, my thing. There's some goalies. There's a there few, is some awesome ones. Like, there there's some great names. There are a few names on there that you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. You're kind of like, like, I forgot that he was a part of the Sabres there for a minute. Yeah. What happened to him? And then nothing after he was on the Sabres. Rolly the goalie. Well, no. Something totally happened to Rolson. He almost after, won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> He almost won a Stanley Cup. He almost single-handedly won an Oilers a Stanley Cup before they started to be terrible and just get number one draft pick after number one draft pick after number one draft pick. And then pick give number, number one, one draft, draft pick, pick away after number one draft pick away after number no, that's one. No, just, that's just, you know, Shirelli. That's just that's his just, MO. Ugh. Ugh, Shirelli. That trade really was terrible. Really. Just, you, you don't get anything else in return besides... Adam Larson. You think that just getting a guy like Adam Larson solves everything when you're giving up one of the top five left wingers in the NHL? I don't think Adam Larson was going to solve everything. They should have gotten more. Shirelli, obviously, you know, anyone who saw that trade was like, um, what? That's, and it just goes back to you can't make moves out of desperation, whether it's draft or free agency, agency or trades. The team that Drafts, trades, signs, the guy they desperately need always gets burned. Well, and that's that's like you always hear, you know, Doug you draft Whaley, the best available. Doug or, Whaley yep. always say it. Yep. We have our board and we're going to draft Stick to it. the best yep. player available. And if you're comparing those two players, which one's the you best can't. available? You Taylor can't, you Hall can't compare is the best available. And you're right. That's when that's the Sabres draft strategy used to be a lot like that. I remember the year after I think it was this the year. Lucic incident happened they decided in the draft 
that we're going to get big guys who are hard to play against, physical guys. And I don't remember who was drafted in that year. I, I want to say it was Zach Cassian. I want to say it was Zach Cassian. Uh, I think I think Zach Cassian was a little later because I believe the incident was in November of 2011. That's what I think. As and well. then in 2012, they drafted Grigoranko and Gergensens. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it, again, it goes back, and you're right. And if you, I think if you look at it this year. I mean, how many people, how many analysts said, oh, the Sabres, it's going to be one of these top three, top four defensemen. Oli Levy's probably that top guy that they had as their top defenseman. He's off the board. So they don't panic. They're not like, okay, we need a defenseman in the worst way. Let's pick the next available. No, they stuck to their board. Their next best available player was Alex Nylander. And boom, they take him without question. And he walks up to the stage and he doesn't second guess his pick because they've done the research, they've done the scouting, they know who their list is, and they're not willing to deviate from it no matter what their needs are. They could have had no left-handed defenseman on the roster, and I still think Tim Murray would have taken the best available, whether it was forward or defenseman, at the spot. And I think that's important, and I think that goes into the credibility of, of Tim Murray. And and say what you will. You can say, oh, the WGR guys, they, they love Tim Murray. I, we do. Well, I, I do love Tim Murray, and it's not because I work here. It's because I love what he's done with the time that he's – yeah, he's had some questionable moves. But you name me a good GM that doesn't make one or two questionable moves over the course of their career, he's trying to rebuild this team and put his stamp on this team. I have no problem with any of the moves that he's made thus far, unless you want to talk about the Evander Kane move. And maybe that move hasn't panned out the way that they thought it would. But again, it's still early. He just got done with the first full season of his career in Buffalo. There's still plenty, plenty of time there. One so, more, one more point that I want to make before we go to break. Alex Nylander. There was a report that his agent denied the fact that him he, and yeah. William Nylander would be going back to Sweden to He's play not. with their dad. So either it's going to. So at this point, we we speculate that it's either going to be the. NHL for Nylander, the American Hockey League in Rochester, or going back to the OHL with the Mississauga Steelheads. So I'm going to go ahead and say the AHL. I, I'm guessing Rochester. Would but it's it's going to be whether or not Tim Murray wants to use a year of his entry level contract on a guy that can't help him this year. But I think molding a guy the way you want in your system is probably the payoff there. And that's that what one. they've done in the AHL now because they've got Dan Lambert as head coach there who took a year to learn Dan Bilesma's system here as an assistant coach and will now be implementing it, like it a lot. in the AHL. And you've got already players that could possibly be playing with Nylander in the future and Justin Bailey and Hudson Fashing and those types of players. So in my opinion... Stick him in the AHL. Yeah, Danny, I like it. Danny Lambert is one of the good young coaches. He led the Kelowna Rockets in the Western Hockey League to a you know Western Hockey League championship All right, round. <laughs> All right, noted jerk you. Joe Yurden, NHL.com's Joe Yurden. He will be on next with us. We'll get his opinions on the NHL free agency period that was for the Sabres, what they should do as far as their next move, their goaltending situation. So we'll get all of Joe Yurden's thoughts next right here on WGR. I didn't have to sell him on Buffalo. He was sold on the Buffalo as a city. I had to sell him on the organization and the direction we were going and how competitive we thought we were. More Tim Murray there from yesterday's press conference. Again, if you missed out on any of that, uh, we played it here on WGR. It is up on the website at WGR550.com in the on-demand audio section. Do you think if Rex Ryan was coach of the Florida Panthers, he would come out in a press conference with one of the Kevin Spacey masks? (laughs) 
I think he would probably. I don't know. So random. I just saw Kevin Spacey in there, and I was like, Frex Ryan was coach of the Florida Panthers. He would probably have the sweater and the mask on. He would definitely have the sweater conference. on. I don't know about the mask. He came out with a Clemson helmet. Why not the mask? That's a good point. He came you, out with you a never helmet really, is pretty much mask. You can't but see his face. You can never really know what Rex Ryan is about to do anyways. But uh, let's head on to the AT&T hotline now as we've got noted jerk NHL.com's Joe Yurden on with us. Joe, how are you doing this morning, buddy? Doing great, Nate. Good to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your holiday weekend to, uh, to give, us a, uh, give us some of your time here. Uh, nice, to, nice to kick back in the uh, the old lawn chair and just talk a little puck, right? Oh, yeah, well. But I first mean, things first, Joe. Yesterday, we're not sure if this is you. It's not confirmed. You kind of confirmed it on Twitter about throwing elbows in the media scrums. How hard of elbows have you given Paul Hamilton in the past is the real question. He was a hockey player. He so was. He, he can take you probably, right? <laughs> Paul could probably take take me in a, in a rumble, but I, I I always have to try to use uh, my old basketball skills. On, on oh, a box out, the, the classic box I, out. Gotta get the box out. I don't want to throw elbows on Paul. I got I got to box him out. I got to be a little bit more wily with him. He's, he's the he's the he's the classic veteran veteran performer. He oh, he's been he around. Throwing bows. Before we dive into this whole Kyle Poso thing, I want to talk a little bit. Um, about the, some of the Tim Murray comments from yesterday at, at the press conference. Now, he, as he mentioned, you know, he he kind of it wasn't like the draft. You know, there wasn't a there wasn't fights every time somebody wanted to to get something in. But what did you take from from Tim Murray? Do you think that he felt as though he walked away from yesterday feeling as though they not only got better as a team, uh, but that he accomplished what he set off to accomplish maybe last month or whenever they got together as a team and said, hey, this offseason, we want this to get done. Do you feel that they've accomplished whatever it is they set out to do on, on July 1st? I, I think he's done that. I think he feels he's done that. And it's just the, there's a couple more check marks left to be uh, to be put, put down on paper. And, you know, the, I think the guys that, that need to be checked off are, are pretty easy to pick out. It's Jimmy Bessie and it's and it's a backup goaltender. But uh, but I think as far as, as getting things accomplished, I mean, you got his top four lefty defensemen. You got, you know, you get Dmitry Kulikov at the draft and you swing a deal to make that happen. That's, that's check mark number one. And that's one that hasn't been – that's a box that hasn't been checked off for two years as far as Tim Murray's concerned. So, you know, he gets that taken care of. That's a big thing. And then he goes out and he gets, he gets a big fish. You know, he talked about, you know, the big fish. And I think we all knew he was talking about Steven Stamkos at first, but you know, if you don't get Stamkos and obviously when a guy's under team control, you can't really, uh, can't really count on that on him coming free. So, you know, he doesn't get him, but then Kyle Oposo is the next guy in the list. And, you know, he went full bore. And it sounded like Kyle Oposo didn't really need to have his arm twisted too much uh, to be able to come to Buffalo. He likes the setup here, uh, so those are those are two great uh, two great acquisitions by Tim Murray. And you know, now it's down to Vessi. Now it's down to a goaltender, and then you just fill in the holes the rest of the way. I guess his summer list wasn't exactly too difficult to get taken care of, but you got to spend a lot of money to do it. And you talked about Oposo not really needing. Uh, a reason to come to Buffalo. We talked about how he knew about the city. He had talked to his friends, uh, Matt Molson, Thomas Vanek, among others, about the city. And with the NHL draft here last weekend, it was really the center of the hockey world, and Buffalo really showed its stuff. So 
is this a moment we've had free agents deny Buffalo in the past here? Uh, is this a moment that now Buffalo is truly with the players that they've got and the talent that they've acquired through the years of suffering? They're turning their image around as a place that isn't like uh, you heard on if you watch the OJ documentary, players were describing it as Siberia. Has this image of Buffalo, Siberia uh, turned around to where players actually want to come here? Well, I think this is this is the kind of thing where you know you think into recent past where they they went diving into the free agent market. You know that, that I think back to that chase for Brad Richards you know, a few years back. Probably a good thing they they ended up not winning that one. But uh, when you look at this, you know, and you know they they get Ryan O'Reilly and he loves it here. You know they get they get Nevander Cannon. You know he loves it here. And you get Jack Eichel. You get Sam Reinhart. You get Rasmus Ristolainen. And suddenly you've got a lot of guys. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot of young guys, and the league has skewed young. And when you've got a lot of young talent, you got a lot of guys that can that can play very well and play hard. And you know, Kyle Poso knows how to play against these guys, and he knows how difficult it was last season. So you, know, you have a lot of those guys kind of setting setting the mark and getting things ready for the future. And I think a lot of I think a lot of players that are that are going to come available now are going to see what's going on in Buffalo and go, Hey, you know, maybe we've got to hitch our start to this wagon. Maybe this is the next team that's going to come busting out and, and become a, a perennial Stanley Cup favorite and challenger. So, you know, when, when it comes to that, that's a big thing. And Buffalo, you know, let's face it, Buffalo has improved a lot here the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, over that time. I mean, I remember coming back here to college, going back to year 2000 and seeing Buffalo not really coming away too impressed. But mm-hmm. you know, now living here three years and seeing everything just kind of you know, blowing up here the last few years, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, I see what these players are talking about. I see what these guys are doing. And, you know, it's it, it certainly helps Tim Murray when he when he wants to sell people at Buffalo. When they come here, they go, "Listen, I already like it. Tell me about the team. Tell me about the organization. What what can they do to help me out?" Yeah, Joe uh, Joe Yurden here from NHL.com. Joe, um, obviously, I the feel is that the Sabers are done in free agency. There's really not much else out there um, that could really appease what this team needs depth wise, but. Say they do get this Jimmy Vesey deal done. Now, then you've created a an interesting wing situation, and you've got a little bit more depth, I think, than a lot of people had originally thought this team was going to be going into the 2016 season. A guy like Tyler Ennis is an interesting guy to talk about when you're talking about what happens next for this team. Do you see a potential trade, uh, maybe for another defenseman uh, on this team? Is the tra- is a trade really kind of the next best available option for Tim Murray to continue improving this roster moving forward? Yeah, I, I think I think if there's going to be a surprise move, you know, out of the blue, I think you know, I mean, we're going to be sitting around probably waiting until August 15th at Bessie, but. Uh, if there's going to be a move that comes out and comes out and you know leads to the Sabers getting some new players in, it's going to see a player or two moving out of here to make it happen. I, you know, the, the free agent market, like you said, it's it's probably not too aggressive right now. I mean, unless you you know you have certain holes within your organization you're looking to fill. Um, but you know, right now, you know, the top guys are gone. You know, the the, the guys that you that can be instant impact players, they're they're not there. So I think for Buffalo, if if it means you know finding another another defenseman to add, or if it means you know finding you know finding room on the forward the forward units to make things work, then you know you're going to have to move some bodies out because you can't just have you know three guys three guys sitting out every night who make a ton of money. You know that's not really great cap management, and it's not really great for those players either. But 
you know, it's, it's a good thing for training camp because you're going to get the competition in camp and have these guys, you know, really busting their tails to to make sure that they're in that 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 starting lineup every night. But you know, overall for the whole season, you know, while the, having the depth is great, you can't have a you can't have an unhappy room. We're talking with Joe Yurden, NHL.com. Joe, uh, Kyle Poso talking about the centers really being the reason why he came, along with thinking that the Sabres can win the Stanley Cup in the next few seasons. Where do you see him slotting with? Do you see him slotting more with O'Reilly, or do you see him with Eichel, more of the elite playmaker type? I think if I could peek into Dan Bilesma's, you know, he's always tinkering with, with line ideas. If I could look at his list right now, I bet anything he's got – a top line of, of Kane, O'Reilly, and Oposo as that number one unit. And then, you know, that second line, you know, question mark, maybe with maybe Vessi pencil in, maybe Ennis pencil in. Then you go Eichel and Reinhardt. And, you know, I, maybe maybe you can skew things a little bit from there. Maybe, maybe you know, if Ennis is healthy, maybe you have him play with Kane and O'Reilly. Maybe you, you slide Oposo to Eichel and Reinhardt, you know, have – you know, have Oposo play left side. He can play left or right side. So you know, you're you're looking at you're looking at a nice problem to have. Honestly, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, well, geez, we got all these guys. Where the heck do we put them? And you know, if that's your problem, it's a good one to have. So I would say I would say for Buffalo right now, Oposo is your top line guy. You know, he's he's too productive of a player. He can help O'Reilly score a few more goals. Maybe he can help Kane score a few more goals. These are he's a good guy to have in the mix, and that that that'll help out. But uh, unless some other things happen, unless Vesey signs, you know, I, I would say Oposo is probably your your first line guy. Joe, where do you see the Sabers going with their goaltending situation? I mean, they they had a goalie in mind, then he apparently reneged on the deal. Tim Murray wasn't too happy about that. So where does Tim go now? Does he go to the free agent market and just sign, I don't know, maybe a guy for the AHL or, you know, a guy that's not really going to play much in the NHL? Do they go out to the trade market to find their guy, or do they rely on bringing up Linus Allmark to back up Robin Leonard for the entire season this year? Yeah, that was that was an interesting set up. I, I, w- I certainly wasn't expecting the uh, the answer when I asked Murray about about the goaltending thing uh, with with Chad Johnson going to Calgary, but it certainly sounded like Buffalo didn't want to spend a lot of money on a backup goalie because you know the numbers he was throwing around in, in relation to the, the goalie who backed out. You know we don't know who it is. We can all guess. You know some of the names, but you know you're, when you're looking at spending seven hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand, eight hundred thousand on a goalie, you're not breaking the bank for a backup, and you're you, it looks like you're trying to put everything on Robin Leonard to be the number one guy. So that, that leaves the options to be a bit more wide ranging. Um, I, I think you could pick a guy who's basically a, a tweener between the NHL and the AHL and maybe have a bit of a rotation workout where, you know, he comes up and plays a few games, backs up for a few, a few others. Then he goes down to the AHL and Omar comes up and does the same. And you just have those guys working on a bit of a rotation. I, I don't think the fans of Rochester would care for that too much. I think they would like to see Linus and Jason Kasdorf duke it out all season long. But you know, the the key is for the Sabers, and you know, they they had they had a guy in mind, and that guy didn't come. So, based on you know, based on some of the chatter, that was the guy they had in mind. They're 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 not really going all in as far as finding a backup here. So, I, I people are going to stress about it, but I I to me, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a, always a work in progress sort of thing. 
Joe, uh, revisiting the Kyle Oposo signing uh, yesterday, uh, you wrote an article on NHL.com, which we tweeted out, and you can read, uh, just head to our Twitter page, and Joe, I'm sure, has, has tweeted it out as well a few times. Joe, you mentioned in here that uh, Oposo had a .7 points per game in his NHL career, but the past three seasons, he's bumped that average up to .88 per game. So to you, what caused that kind of I mean that's a pretty significant jump in three years especially when over the course of his career he's been sort of right there at that point seven mark what to you in your mind has has caused him to take his game to the next level and and make himself a six million dollar a year player to me it's him being more of a forceful player you know it's being being a little bit more forceful and going to the net, you know, being a bit bolder with, you know, with his puck handling and his shooting and, and his passing. And, you know, he, he mentioned, Kyle mentioned on the phone, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the conference call, excuse me, uh, that, you know, he, he's cleaned up his, you know, his life. He's, you know, working out better, working with a skills coach, you know, he's eating better. So, you know, himself physically, he's, you know, he's a, he's a better player over the past few years than he was when he first came up. And, you know, that's, that's a part of it. But you know, when when it comes down to it, it, it's it's using your skills more effectively and being being wiser about with with, with the chances you're taking. And you know, certainly a lot of people are going to point to Tavares and say, well, you know, anybody playing with John Tavares is going to see a boost in their numbers. Uh, but you know, he spent a lot of time working with Franz Nielsen. And, you know, Franz Nielsen just cashed in himself a bit yesterday with a five million dollar contract. So, you know, if 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 he's doing it, you know, if Kyle's doing it because he's better, or if he got, you know, if he got to be because of Tavares, I, to me, I don't think it's it's the other one. I think, it, I think it's Kyle doing it because he's a good player, and you know, sometimes for these guys, it takes takes a couple of years to get into it, and you know, for him, when he hit that age twenty five spot, you know, it's the prime for a lot of these guys, and he's right in the heart of his prime. So, to me, it's it's a simple solution for Kyle Oposo. He, he's He's hitting the time when he's the most comfortable in the league, and he's figured out how to use his body and his skills the best. And finally, Joe, before we let you go here, he talked yesterday on the conference call about how he changed his you know, habits. And do you think that's something that the Sabres would like to have on their team, someone who's been through that process? I've asked this question a bunch of times already to other people uh, who has been through that process of changing their habits and knows the work you have to put in in the off season in order to be successful and keep your game growing. Well, I'll tell you what, when you got a team that's full of young players who are very impressionable, uh, guys who are, who are learning from the older guys around them. And you put a guy like Kyle Oposo into that room. I think it does nothing but good things, you know, by, by all accounts from, from everybody I've spoken to Kyle Oposo is an outstanding guy. And when you've got an outstanding guy with a great personality and you're putting him into a room with, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old guys, even maybe a few of the 24 and 25 year olds, you got a guy that works that hard and does these things to make himself a better player and continue to get better as he gets older. That's a good thing. And when you've got him setting the example for a lot of these guys, that's, to me, that's a huge, that's a huge deal for, for, for this team moving ahead because, you know, you want these guys getting in good habits right away. You want these guys basically to be specimens their whole their whole career. And if they can start doing it at age 19, 20, 21, instead of waiting until they're 25 to do it, that's even better. It's even better for the players, and it's much better for the team because they're going because they're only going to reap the benefits of it. Joe, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your holiday weekend to uh, to give us some uh, some great details, not only on uh, Oposo, but uh, Sabres free agency and trades and all their offseason moves moving forward. I appreciate it, buddy. 
Hey, you got it, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend with friends and family. Will do. Joe Yurden there from NHL.com. Uh, if you missed any of that interview, you can head to WGR550.com. It will be up in the on-demand audio section uh, shortly. Uh, so uh, if you missed it, head to WGR550.com. So up next, we will uh, tie a bow on this two-hour edition of uh, some Saturday morning programming for you. So uh, if you've got any questions, any concerns, any opinions that you want to get in, next segment's going to be the time to do it. So 803-0550 is the number to call. Uh, Up next, we will uh, close things off here on WGR. It was a completely different team, I feel like, playing them this year as opposed to the year before. I just remember the last game that I played in, you know, I just remember coming out of that game thinking, gosh, these guys are a really skilled bunch and really skilled group, and, you know, they have a lot of upside. And obviously I didn't know what was going to transpire over the next few months, but, you know, just thinking that, you know, how good some of their young players were. More Kyle Oposo there from his uh, conference call yesterday with the media uh, being introduced as a Buffalo Sabre. I assume uh, we'll probably be waiting till after the holiday to get his uh, his presser here. Um, but uh, that's a wait I am willing to do because it is now the holiday weekend. Uh, well, not for me quite yet, and I know not for you either. Uh, and really, it's not for you either, Brayden. We're we're kind of I'm stuck here till two o'clock. Sales uh, sale will be on eleven to two. I'm um, here all weekend and, and into Monday. There you go. Fourth of July. Well, I at least got that off. Sucks, sucks. Guys. Yeah, I also got that off. That was. Uh, but you want to, he talks about that last game where uh, he talks about how skilled. He's like, oh, man, that was a really skilled bunch. And, you know, I'm sure Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, both on the score sheet with an assist. But you look at uh, who was scoring the goals for the Sabres in that game. It wasn't really Matt Molson. He scored his eighth goal of the <laughs> season. Evan Rodriguez scored his first goal of the season. And then Brian Gianta scored two goals in that game. So it's... If you thought the Sabres were skilled then, wait till he actually plays a game when Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and Ryan O'Reilly and Evander Kane and hopefully, fingers crossed, Jimmy VC are scoring. And maybe, you know, Tyler Ennis. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, a big thank you to BD Galoff uh, from, uh, he's an Islanders beat reporter down in the island. So big thanks for him for coming on. Same as the noted jerk. Uh, Joe Yerden for coming on and spending some of their uh, their off time talking hockey with us. Uh, it is much appreciated. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much for stopping in this morning and uh, and shooting the uh, shooting the hockey with us this morning. It was a it was a good two hours. Uh, and if you missed any of it, you can head to wgr550.com. Brayton will be uh, if he hasn't already. I'm sure he will be posting uh, all the interviews and uh, all of the uh, each hour uh, on the on demand section of the website. So, Brayton, thank you uh, for running the board as usual. Great job. And uh, for Nate Geary and Ryan Gates, until next week, this is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.